Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, man, Bootleg Cat Podcast, all the way in the Bay Area. I came out here to fuck with my guy, Burner, man. Special um, edition. Special edition at your, con- your, first of all, this new compound you have, it is a... Man, I wish. Oh, well, listen, we're gonna do a tour on the YouTube channel so people will be able to see it. But man, this shit is crazy, dog. Like, this it's, shit is some real, like, uh, as you would like to say, some real mafia shit. It's life goal shit, dog. Like, shit, we built everything you've seen today from the house on the couch mm-hmm. in the front room, pacing in the house, and so, you know, landlords could be a pain in the ass. So I, I wanted to wait to build something like this until I was a landlord, until I could buy the building and kind of decide what I want to do. I want to do it. You know, and just not have to answer anyone. I've seen a lot of big businesses, even in this area, being pushed out by their landlord. Yeah. And for that shit, I would never do that ever. I was going to say, like, you've always had, like, you know, you're always diversified, to say the very least, right? But in terms of, like, the content space, you've always, you know, I think back to the days where you were like going viral on World Star, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like for wild things, <laughs> all the way to now, where like you know you've had a show like Burner's Roundtable that was dope. Uh, I, I don't know if you're bringing that back or not. Are you planning on bringing that back? Yeah, you know, like podcast for me is like a little tough. Like it's just like um, it's kind of like you have to be really consistent, and you've been super consistent, so I give you props on that. But for me, it's like. I think the cooking is where the heart's at. Not nah, for sure. Like, and I really like a lot of people. Like, yo, he's just doing a cooking show. And I see a lot of people doing cooking shows and doing cooking content. But I grew up in the kitchen. My father had a restaurant growing up. You know that. That's a beast of a cook. He's a good cook. And then, um, but I feel like I, beyond, besides the cooking show, I think that like we want to build like the Urban Food Network, and that's what I'm trying to do over here. That's why you see this building completely empty. Um, the warehouse you saw is completely empty. I'm trying to get some capital, some serious partners to understand the vision to kind of create like what we'd like to watch on the Food Network. I mean, the Food Network is dope. I, you, we all get stuck watching it for hours, but it's repetitive. It's the same chefs. It's Guy Fieri. Shout out to him. He's, and it's for a certain like crowd. It's a certain crowd, but like there's a whole world out there of like viral Instagram chefs killing it. There's a whole world of like 
you know, just the black and brown community doing their thing and just in the food world, it's just it's being ignored by the mainstream television. So our goal right. is to to build a network and so I said just say like podcasting is cool, but I'm in the Bay, one, not many people roll through here, and two, I don't really know if I want to share this place with that many people. I kind of want to keep it... Yeah, if you have too many people coming in and out, like you said, like, this is a special place. It's it's pure right now. Right. You know, I got to keep a little, little yada, I mean, on my hip, but that's good with me. Like, I don't want to have full security out and not be able to sleep, but I like it the way it is now, and I think food content's pretty pure. Yeah, I was going to say, with the food shit, so the goal in this, like, really is, like, to eventually try to have a channel. That's on TV. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> either like a channel on TV or like building my own network that consists of like a food segment of things, like a <clears throat> like a true crime series kind of you know style content, short films that we debut. I really want to build my own network, really. Yeah. And I got some good things going on. Um, we spoke about I don't know last time. I have a scripted series and it works a really big network. And it's a big budget, and I think it's going to do really well. And I feel like while I'm in those doors, you know me. I'm, I'm a wiggle. I'm going to get to know people. I'm going to be able to shake hands, rub shoulders with the right people. And I've, I've, I feel like if I have a portfolio of content that ranges from, like, the food space to true Drama, crime documentaries. Drop documentary. Yeah, yeah, to, you know, the short films that could be proof of concepts for real films and Maybe there's like a network partnership or maybe there's a partnership with like a bigger network or something like mm-hmm. that. So I just kind of seen what 50 did and I respect the fuck out what he did, but I don't want to have to rely on like networks the whole time. I'd rather kind of build my own portfolio in the background and do a partnership with the network of, of, of content that I own and produce myself. I was going to say, I think we had talked about you maybe doing a movie or something that kind of covered the Bippin' aspect of the Bay. Yeah, actually, my, my partner's in that. The script is done. It's called uh, it's called uh, Splash City. They're coming here. They'll probably be here in like 30 minutes. So as soon as we're done with our interview and tour, then I'm going to sit down with them and review this script. But that script's ready. Um, there's another script ready as well. So... Yeah, just, you know, taking my time to fuck with it, dude. Right? Yeah, I feel like, you know, that is, like, one of the things that, like, is so Bay Area specific that when I talk to people, like, they don't know even, they've never even heard the word bipping. They're like, oh, what yeah. the fuck is that? Like, it's yeah, such so a... so they get here and they get their shit hit. And I, I feel like it's going to be, like, the new school New Jersey Drive, almost, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, it's going to be dope because no one's really covering the Bay Area. And that's kind of my goal. I feel like, all right... I made it to a certain status. I feel like I put on hard with the music as much as I could, and I'm going to still fuck with it, but I feel like my ultimate goal is to kind of put the bay on my back in the sense of telling some of these stories, yeah. tapping into some of this untold con- content. Like, no one's ever tapped to the bay. Like, all the crime films and movies are based on New York, L.A., Chicago, Boston. Right. Yeah. You know, like, where, where's the Bay Area stories at, right? And so I feel like I'm trying to get into a position like financially and, you know, just respect-wise where people will trust me with those stories. That'd be hard, dude. Um, I haven't, we haven't talked on camera since you made the Forbes magazine, so I just want to say congrats. That shit is, thank you. That shit is pretty gnarly to like, be like, damn, my boy's, like, my friend is on the cover of Forbes. Like, <laughs> you know, the cool thing about that, it's like, there's people that are way richer than me and there's people that, that have built way bigger businesses, but to touch that cover is like every businessman entrepreneur's dream yeah so I have guys like worth like hundreds of millions of dollars they hit me like dog you did it and I'm like bro you did it motherfucker no you did it for real yeah, yeah you got it got it right now liquid but 
yeah, I just think it's a it's a really cool thing to come out of cancer and then touch that cover and then get the Ad Age Award and get a couple other things that we got. Like it's just really cool and it's it's just good uh, morale for like the kind of industry I'm in. I was gonna know? say, how does that change your life being on that cover? Because I'm sure it makes people look at you a lot different. Well, two ways, yeah. No, nah, I mean, one, people put more respect on the business conversations, but two, everyone thinks you just got it, got it, got it, like. They just seen that word like four hundred million dollars. There's like, oh motherfucker, you could tell me to give me, let me get a half a mil. Let me get, let me borrow like three hundred thousand. Man, like man, invest this two mil behind my company. I know you guys, like bro, like yo, like this, this, this valuation that they're putting on me as a person, um, you know, kind of like relies on the businesses performing, executing, and like you know, exiting one day, right? That's what the value of my business is, and so it, was, it kind of put a lot of things in perspective. You see, even the rich rapper list. Mm-hmm. That shit was trippy to me. That shit is crazy. Because what were you fourth or fifth? <laughs> I was number four. Crazy. And then you put yourself next to rappers like um, fucking Dr. Dre, Jay Z. Yeah, Dr. Dre, Jay Z, Kanye, <laughs> Diddy. you know, Diddy, and like people are like, well, man, Burns not really rapper. I'm like, well, wait a minute, hold up. I do got 49 albums out. I've been rapping since 2006. People are saying, well, he got other businesses. Whoa, so does everyone so else. So does everybody else. else. Everybody else got, you know, uh, at, at a time, Ciroc and, and, you know, Rock Nation. And, I mean, yeah. All kind of things. Different. Ace of Spades, this whatever is, you call it. It's the it. same so thing. It's the same exact thing, except the difference is I'm Mexican and a fucking low-key underdog. And so it's, it's cool as fuck to see that they recognize me on that list. Because that list, I always dreamed about, um, about being on a list like that. And I always said that. That, that people were overlooking what I built and I just remember one day kind of just throwing a fit on Twitter like man I wish they would look at my shit and someone actually was like well I'd be down to audio and that's a really deep audit they have to look at everything that you have your assets your businesses it's like a real they can't just put that shit out to make like the that. cash is it the cash kings list is that what they call it the no it's just the just uh, hip hop's uh, you know wealthiest right. whatever it may be um, top five wealthiest you know so they did that and yeah that shit hit so they like really like they turn over all the pages and look into your shit for real for real yeah they do like a real audit of you for sure oh wow so it ain't ain't no fugazi ass number going out there no no hell no no that's that's a real number it's a real situation it's a real it's just all around real like they're not gonna they're not gonna play you on that like they're not gonna play themselves it's real publications with real credible writers and just you know they're they're not playing they're not playing no games with that list. That list is very strategic. It's very they do a good job of due diligence. You know I have to have them talk to like business managers and the people that do my taxes and yeah that shit's real. Damn, they're like talking to CPA and all that shit. Huh? CPAs are looking at like properties. They're looking at the actual like are right, you say your business worth this? Like let's let's do actual audit of your business. Let's do you know let's get a proper what what did you raise at last time you raised? You know like. It's, it's real as fuck. It's crazy because you've um, obviously, you know, we've kind of seen Cookies grow from like, you know, I remember the first time I smoked Cookies was with 2 chains in probably 2010. <laughs> Shout out to Titty Boy. 11. Yeah. That was around the time Yoko was getting played on the radio out there when I was on the that was That was around that time. And I remember you'd be coming out to Vegas kicking with Franny and shit. And, um, I kind of had like really got hip to you but it's just wild to see like the did, like was there ever a point in time let's say in 2010 11 where you ever could imagine that you'd be turning down some of the 
exits I'm sure you've already been offered and, and, the, and you'd be on the cover of a, a publication like Forbes did you ever see it no nah, but I always knew too like at the end of the day it's all about how much work you put into your craft right like if you stay dedicated to your craft if man like even last night dude I got home last night and I just passed the fuck out hard 9pm out like dead body my girls mm-hmm. woke up this morning you remember how you fell asleep I'm like nah she's like man you were fucking out and just because I just work all day long so I never pictured being in this position because I was always an underdog I felt like I always had to prove myself to somebody I always had to work harder than others but I also knew that like one of my first true believers in what I do like one of my first actual like investors and partners and you know he told me he's like bro like I don't really quite know where you're trying to go with the rap but I do know one thing he's like bro you don't stop and people that don't stop and don't quit are the ones that hit so I'm gonna stick with you you should just stick with the pack you're good at selling pack Mm -hmm. I want bags from you and I think that you'd be better off just focused on selling bud but like man you just won't stop with this rap shit and so I have to stay behind you I'm gonna keep pushing you because that's what motherfuckers like you aren't gonna lose and that stuck with me I'm like you're right even the current state of cannabis right now like the weed game is fucked up a lot of people falling out a lot of people suing each other a lot of people hating each other a lot of businesses going under a lot of grows failing a lot of stores failing um, you know but we're still relevant as hell and we're still going because we still put that passion into it like we still care about this shit do you think it's also because you guys have a, a dope business model I think too which is not necessarily dependent on any because I'm sure if people don't understand like you guys will part like you guys have partners all over the country right it's not like if you see a cookie store in Detroit it's the same as the cookie store in Oklahoma mm-hmm. well some and I'm sure some places it is the same partnership right but for you guys like you guys have kind of like put put together such an incredible business model on the storefront side at least where you know um, it's a quality control situation where you obviously have to vet whoever you partner with but at the same time it kind of puts you guys in a position where you know people are buying into the name and the brand because the brand is so prestigious yeah it's like asset it's an asset light business model we're not raising hundreds of millions of dollars which allows me to stay in control a lot of other people that raise hundreds of millions of dollars they they lose, skin. yeah they lose all their equity i've maintained a lot of my equity bro a lot and but what it does is like it does three things we're able to say as asset light we're able to expand faster than anyone else we're also able to cherry pick the best operators in the, in in each market as they open up. So, you know, Albuquerque, New Mexico, we opened up eleven three, right, November third. That's probably one of our best menus in the whole country. The weed looks almost better than some of the weed in California. The menu is extensive, thirty genetics on the menu, store fully built out. Like, we got cherry pick those partners that were dedicated to us. Nirvana in Arizona. I was going to say, it took you a very long time to get to Arizona, and that was a passionate, you know, Well, we fucked mission. up the first time. We did We did a deal with the only players in the game, and they pretty much just shelved us. They fucked us. the weed up, right? They fucked the weed up, but they also shelved our growth. But now we found some independent guys, that, that you know, the team at Nirvana, that yeah. understand what this brand means. They put the quality, and we turned down enough badges until it was time to go. We're like, bro, it's not hitting. It's not, boom, you got it. Yeah, and they dialed it in, and they dialed it in even more from the opening, and so it allows us to partner with the right people all around the country. And a lot of people say it's like a franchise. It's not like a franchise because anyone can open up McDonald's. Yeah, you guys are being selective on who you're gonna let. We're being selective on who we're gonna fuck with. We're being selective on which markets are mature enough to open up, and we're also just really understanding that like there's nothing easy about managing. 
you know, hundreds of partners. Right. It'd be easier to raise the money and to build out your shit yourself in theory because then you're the one controlling all that. There's a lot of egos. There's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of politics. There's a lot of personal um, you know interaction you have to do when you have that many partners. But I like that shit. Yeah, and it also kind of removes the like bureaucracy that you would have to deal with in each city and market because at the end of the day, like you said, man, the weed game, is, unfortunately, it's full of like a lot of cool people, but it's also full like on the corporate side, bro. Like it's trash, bro. Like I miss the medical days so much. You know, when it was medical, it was a big risk still, and people were having to put their neck on the line, and it just was a lot more pure. As soon as it went legal, a bunch of people that had no business being in this business got in this business, and they started getting in, you know, partnerships with legacy guys and kind of changing the way that they think and what's really the real goal. I mean, if you look at the two things I'm truly passionate about, food and weed, it's there's two things that really bring people together no mm -hmm. matter where you're from no matter where you're at in the world you can connect over food or wheat right so like I'm in it for a bigger purpose I know the brand has value I know there's going to be some money associated with this with this position later on in life but for right now it's, it's a struggle to maintain to stay relevant to deal with all these different partners make sure everyone's happy everyone feels like they're getting the attention they need but I wouldn't I wouldn't change our business model or the situation we have over anything it's cool to connect with people all over the world and you said it not just in the country but all over the world from you Thailand, got Thailand got Thailand we we're about to open up London uh, you know medical side of London um, we're in Spain we're in Amsterdam we're in Israel we're selling weed in Germany right now like it's cool to connect with people all over the world over, oh, over something you created from you know the ground up in your house mm -hmm. it's cool as that fuck that shit's wild man yeah. you obviously went through like a, some public disputes with some old partners uh, that were coming out trying to sue you mm -hmm. um, did you end up getting any of that resolved what's the latest with that nah those, those things take years and those things are like mentally draining and financially draining but like you know, I said it, and I, I can only talk very little on it, but like, I, I know 100% that we're in the right, and that when everything comes to life, people will be like, damn, that boy went through all that for what, right? And so I feel very confident where we are. No one's going to come take cookies from me. I am cookies, right? No one's going to remove any of the partners that helped me build this along the way. And I think that's part of the unfortunate thing about building something big is when you build something big, people will try to come take that shit. But... Growing up, I didn't give up my lunch at school. I'm not going to start doing it now. And I'm also not going to jeopardize what we all build together as, as a community because a lot of people feel attached to cookies. And I mean, a lot of people got tattoos. Got there's, a, there's a man in Tucson right now with your portrait and the cookies logo on his belly. Yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> real, right? That's a real human being I saw with my own eyes. Yeah, and so the easy way out would be just to bow down and take something from them and just step. But like, no, dude, people are fully invested in this vision and this brand and what we built together. It's not just my shit. It's our shit. All these operators around the world, they believed in what we built together right so I'm fighting for it bro and I, I feel like we're going to win at the end of the day I feel like we're going to come out on top it's just going to take a lot of mental strength it's going to take a lot of capital right right that's why I stay grinding and it's going to just take dedication and loyalty from me and my partners and that's it man how do you deal with um, coming out of getting through cancer and then having to deal with just a whole nother hurdle obviously you got you know stuff in your personal life going on as well you know you you're, you it just you know you got to have some mental fortitude to really get on the other side of a battle with cancer well the, the fucked up thing is that that lawsuit started as soon as i got sick 
So that was, so they were both happening at the same time. Yeah, I was, like when I found out I was sick, the kind of conversations kind of happened when I was knee deep in chemo and I was really, really, really sick. This ain't a sympathy card at all. It's just like a, yo, people can relate to what it feels like being sick and thinking you're gonna die, and also having threats of your business being taken. Right? Almost like it was on purpose. <laughs> hey, man, wild timing on their end, right? Right. Maybe they didn't plan it that way, but that's the way it worked out. And so it was kind of tough, but like it really put everything in perspective for me. I'm like, well, first of all, now I really gotta stick around, right? Like I'm really not gonna have. To, I can't go no more now. And it's really, really made me realize like the good, precious moments, like you know, with uh, pure things outside of business. And so, you know, for me, that's why that Cubs, that Forbes cover felt good coming out of that shit. It was like, man, I'm being recognized. I'm getting my flowers while I'm here. That's why the Ad Age Award, the Clio Award, these are all big, you know, big, fucking globally recognized platforms that recognize what we're doing. And so, it just was the motivation I needed to keep fighting, but. Cancer was really, really hard on me. I had major PTSD from that shit. And I'm noticing more and more people getting colon cancer at a young-ass age. And it's just scary, bro. It's just, like, really, really... And, like, a lot of men don't go and get checked for that shit. Nah, because the symptoms are so... I didn't have zero symptoms. I had early-stage three colon cancer. That means another six months of letting that ride would have took my ass out. So... I probably would have had a year or so. If I would have waited six months or more to even get checked, I probably would have had a year or two years at most. The hardest thing for me to watch was like the the brother, you know, shout to his whole family, um, his kids and his wifey. But, you know, seeing the Inky boys go through that, we found out at the same time. Mm. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, damn, bro, like that shit hurt and it hit hard because I'm like, damn, not everyone's going to have a chance to make it through this. And so... I just take a lot more calmer approach on life and like stress and I just I feel blessed to even be here bro and that's why I try to tell people when people get stressed out about money and things that's going on but today's world I'm like bro like yeah shit's tough but you're alive man like you can't you can't even downplay how big that is right now for sure brother that is I think that some people forget that what was the um like what made you get tested for for was it just like a normal run of the mill doctor's visit Nah, because I was with the doctor already that wouldn't even have ever looked for that. It was like some weird, like universal gut feeling I I just had. I just woke up one day, was looking out my window. I'm like, damn, I, I actually got a good life here. Things are going good. I'm successful. I feel like cookies is going to be something incredible. It's going to live forever. Like, what am I actually missing in life? That where am I missing at? I'm like maybe health like I'm you know I'm losing a little weight I'm not as big as I used to be but maybe I should like get myself a private doctor to really look into what I got going on because you know I'm, I just want to make sure I'm good and it's crazy because five years before this I had a fear of having stomach cancer like my mom mm-hmm. I went and got a colonoscopy 100% clean wow so five years so in five years in, in five years that cancer developed and got to early stage three and so I picked a random ass um I picked a random ass day to call my partner Parker and ask him, do we know any concierge doctors, any private doctors that could actually care about me as a human and really looking at me? And we found a doctor that was not only, you know, willing to take me on, but he's also an investor into our business. And um, he's the only doctor in the country that did, um, does this test, the gallery test. So when I went to go see him, he was like, yo, we can run, you know, all your blood work and make sure you're good. But like, this new test came out two months ago. I want to run it on you. Test for cancer for fifty types of cancers through the blood. I'm like, let's run it. 
that's how he found this shit and the article came out like maybe like three weeks ago I'm kind of like one of the first people that publicly took that test found that I had cancer addressed it and made it through the situation so there's a big debate about this test right now not a lot of doctors want to take it on because false positives that's the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life I saw it work for me it saved me that's why I'm here right now and I preach about this every time I get a chance that that test should be available it's I mean, it feels like an easy test to take too like in terms of like blood, when, you, when you think of, like yeah it's a blood test blood test and I would rather get a false positive and think I'm gonna have cancer for a week and a half until they go look inside my body and then find out that I'm good right than like not know anything at all yeah because you got doctors that are doctors are like man look man you got good doctors you got doctors who are just getting a check it's like teachers <laughs> I look yeah. at doctors and teachers kind of it's like anything in business it, doctor being a doctor is business and you know some of the institutions like even though they're good doctors they just don't have the bandwidth like if you're at Kaiser Permanente you're seeing 4,000 patients right how could you actually truly keep up with one of those patients facts like even if you're a really good person even if you don't have a hidden agenda even you're not you getting great paid intention. Yeah, you can't, your bandwidth is going to be done. You're not going to be able to keep track of every. And so, you know, for all my people out there with money that got money, that care about their health, you know, the new flex is getting concierge doctor. Get a you doctor get, that's. Yeah, all the rap cats out there living fast on the road, not eating so well. Like, yo, fuck that Gucci belt. Fuck that, fuck that new whip. You know, fuck, fuck that new chain. Motherfucker, get yourself a concierge doctor. And make sure you pay attention to your health. That's a new flex, really. That's some real shit. Hey, so you've you've made so much money over the years. What are some of the? I always wonder when people, because I started to make like money where I need to figure out every year how to not pay taxes. Hmm. <laughs> what are some of the the tips, the tidbits you've picked up in the last decade or so since you've been uh, dealing with you know certain quantities of legal money? You know, the, the thing is, I, I know a lot of shit you could do, but I'm just too stubborn to change my lifestyle. Like, you could live in Miami, you could live in Nevada. Yeah, you could live in places where you there's could, no state tax. You could live in Puerto Rico and pay zero tax, but, like, do I want to change the quality of my lifestyle to save a little bit of bread? After cancer, especially? Hell Fuck no. no yeah. I'm just going to pay, you know, it's, it is frustrating. You get a million dollar check, you got to give over 50% of that to the government right off the top. Like, if I got $20 million right now, I'm going to have to give over $10 million to the government right now. For what? Because we live in Cali. Right? (laughs) But I'm not going to use any of those tricks now. The one thing I just learned recently is that you're allowed to gift up to X amount of money a year, you know, without it it being taxed, you know, to someone you love. So I'm going to start making sure every year I put X amount of money as a gift aside from my kid. Smart. That's tax-free. At least you could have that. Yeah. So... That's one thing I learned, you know, but otherwise, like, it's really all about, like, where you live and where you reside and, like, things you could write off. And the fucked up thing is because I'm burned because I'm cookies. I get audited every year anyway, so I'm sure they just find oh, yeah, ways. So your shit has to be, like, super buttoned up. But, you know, if you get a tour bus, like your bus, that's a big-ass write-off, you know? Yeah, no, it is. For the business, it is. It's a good way to travel. It's a good way to brand your shit, too. So, you know, I would just say, like, Look, man, just pay attention to your shit. If you go out, eat, take pictures of your receipts if you're paying cash. You can write off a lot of things as an entertainer, your outfits, you know, some, yeah. of, the, some of the things I mean, you got to do. Yeah, we'll close a lot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yo, I got to ask you, uh, you're a big alien guy, and recently things have gotten like, it feels like 
for whatever reason, the last like 12 to 18 months, they keep kind of just like sprinkling little like breadcrumbs, preparing us for the inevitable, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's the uh, well, that hearing with that dude who blew the, you know, the, the, he pretty much said that we're in possession of uh, alien aircraft or whatever the hell and and then there's the Mexican uh, two. I don't know. I don't know how legit that one was. I believe that shit. I believe it too. I believe it. Um, I mean, look. If you go back like maybe seven or eight years ago, there was that guy who was in the Canadian Parliament talking about it. Um, but yeah, man. What, what, like this shit is crazy. Like when you saw the Mexican aliens, like what were your thoughts? Because they really rolled them out like an official Mexican government. Like no, nah, that shit's official. Here's the problem with the world. We've been lied to and fucked with for so long that every single time someone posts something, it's just memes and, and people just it, joking. It turns into social media jokes. It, and, and that's what they want. Yeah. They don't want us to think like, yo, there's a, there's a bigger purpose out there. There's something that we totally don't even know about. There's not, there's something that maybe higher people in our, in our civilization actually communicate with and get game from if you look how fast the world grew it went from fucking riding horses to whips and iPhones and shit for in a small amount of time that's coming from somewhere it's some geniuses and just wake up and be like oh I can fucking make it to where you can boom boom nah we're getting game from somewhere right and so I believe that shit I also believe they're, gonna, they're never gonna tell us what's real they're probably just trying to prepare us for some kind of bullshit agenda but there's a lot of truth in some of that bullshit as well. So I, if if it's me talking, I know there's a bigger purpose out here. The gut feeling I got that day to go call, find a concierge doctor, bro. I'm, what the fuck? Like, right? That was bigger than just like me thinking that I should get a private doctor. There's no reason why on that day I even felt that in here in your gut, your second brain, right? Um, I've been watching like a lot of near death experience stuff. Because obviously I had a near-death experience, in my opinion. I didn't just die and wake up, but like yeah. I came close to it. So, in watching all that stuff, I just understand there's bigger purpose as as conscious as like the universe goes. And so, I believe that little alien was real. I believe that Mexico was the first ones actually stole something they've been holding. I feel like all these civilizations they're uncovering, like in. Uh, and you know, in, in the jungles and shit, all these different pyramids were seeking. Mm-hmm. Man, ain't no humans built that shit, bro. Fuck out of here, bro. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, and it's, it's crazy too that like some of them are so they they match up other pyramids that are so far apart. Well, they align with the stars perfectly. Right. They're all they're all like in strategic ass, you know, places in the world that like will line up with like the universe perfectly. And I, I mean, whatever. Also, I know that humans have dumbed down hard since back in the day. It's like. Oh. And that's what they want. Like, they put so much bullshit and propaganda, and they've created the word like conspiracy theories and and all that stuff. So that way, that things that are real, like look at all the people my seen UFOs back in the days, it made them seem like fucking loony bins, dude. For sure. I mean, I think of like just like if you were to go back twenty years, and if some of this news would have broke, how big of a deal it'd be compared and, to now. And now it's like no one cares because we're no so one gives wrapped a fuck. up in whatever bullshit they're worried about like how to make the next dollar or whose bitch cheated on who or fucking what Kim Kardashian is doing or fucking yeah they're worried about some shit that's like yo my man they just showed an alien from a thousand there's a thousand years ago it proves we're not alone that little motherfucker look real as fuck and like they're happy seeing them comments right now the thing is is like I think once people really like have to realize there'll be a moment where they have to really like be like oh it kind of like it 
you know, for me, I know it's going to make a lot of people who grew up super religious, who grew up believing certain things, it's going to kind of poke a lot of random holes in well, their Well, dude, lives. besides all that, have you ever seen Judah and the Black Messiah? Yeah. All right. Like, look how the government did them, bro. Mm-hmm. Look how they did the Panthers, right? 100%. Like, bro, they will do things to fuck you off, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not going to say no names. I don't want no smoke with nobody. But I think there's people in our, in our culture right now that cause a lot of trouble on the on the internet and with other celebrities. I believe they're working for the CIA. That's that's my honest opinion. I'm like, yo, there's no way this guy is constantly trying to tempt people and throw people off their game and get them to say or do other things that might put them in jail. It's been an agenda against minorities for a long time. Yeah, so, it's, it's crazy. I think like there is some sort of like, and, and like you said, that word conspiracy theorist has gotten, um, it's gotten to the point where like you, you can't, question anything without being called crazy and through they have fact checkers dog well and to me it's like you know i remember when conspiracy theories were like 9-11 and you'd be like oh you know let me look into this but now it's like if, if you question anything they put you in that box like i look at um you know RFK Jr., who's somebody who I, I I think is dope. You know I've watched his interviews and I don't think he's said anything crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just think he's just a curious dude who wants to question shit. But they are so they just put him in that box. And then people who don't do the the work or the like my mom like I told my mom I was like hey I fuck with RFK and she was like he's a fucking kook he's crazy and I was like have you ever heard him speak? Like he's what? asking, he's at least addressing <laughs> real world issues. <laughs> yeah, he's addressing the fact that like multiple corporations really run everything. Like, which is crazy. That's which a is, concern. Which, which should be the number one thing everyone should be worried about. That's a concern. Monopoly sucks. Yeah, but Vanguard like, and BlackRock and State Street are like kind of running your entire life, and no one's talking about it. But but mm-hmm. but that also might be the reason why he's. He's getting boxed out, you know? I, I mean, he's the only presidential candidate that doesn't have Secret Service at his disposal. And they, and someone tried to just run up on him. Yeah, so, you know, the world is full of hidden agendas. The more older you get, the more money you touch, the more bullshit you deal with. Like, this shit I'm dealing with, with these lawsuits and powerful groups and big money guys, you realize, like, yo, this shit's real, dog. Like, yeah. it's, it's different. Like, you, yeah. yeah, it's different. It's definitely different. Uh, you mentioned having 49 albums. I always say this uh, when we talk about just consistency as an MC, as a rapper, as an artist. I feel like you're one of the most consistent guys in the game. You've always been extremely. I mean, no matter what was going on in your life, you you always have the time to you know hone in and create and make an album or collab with an artist to make a project. Um, for you, uh, like you know, obviously it's a passion thing, but like. For whatever reason, does it still bother you that maybe you don't get the acknowledgement or the accolades or the flowers as a, as a rapper that you do for all the other shit? Nah, because I knew if I put 100% energy behind music, it'd probably be a lot bigger. Right. And I'll argue with my DJ, you know, Teflon, this tour about changing our setup and trying new things. And I, I just told him, I said, bro, it's a bandwidth issue at this point. Like, I'm running cookies clothing. I'm running cookies a weed business. I'm running vibes papers i'm running you know this compound and our media you know out company that we're trying to build and i only have so much time for music i told him music is my therapy bro like i don't really look at it like it's my business mm-hmm. if i treat it more like a business i probably make way more money i probably get way more respect i've had people like two chains be like bro like why don't you be like our 
like Mexican version of Rick Ross like you got that talk you got that respect like people fuck with you but you're not putting enough respect on like your image and the way I'm just like bro I'm just a real dude bro I don't really be tripping off like really trying to build myself as this big old as a facade yeah, yeah like like you're not a character nah I just feel like music is a good it's a good therapy for me it's a challenge for me to still try to stay relevant after all this time it's a it's a way for me like to be creative outside of like all this other stuff I have fun doing it, but I don't treat it like my number one priority. I feel like if I did, I could be like a French Montana or something like that, right? Like, I could be looked at as like a bigger artist, right? I could wear jewelry every day and glasses and be fitted up, but like, I'm comfortable in this sweatshirt right now. I'm rich as a motherfucker. Yeah. I don't need to show it, right? Like, for what? Like, my new flex is not to flex. I got a pair of earrings on, but I'm not wearing my you know 20 different rings I'm not wearing big old chains or I'm not really worried about my outfit so much I don't give a fuck all the billionaires I meet look like fucking bums they pull up looking real humble and some dressed down ass shit and that's how that's what I want to be like at this point like bro have you seen the whip I'm driving in right now I gave the Maybach truck back I'm like bro fuck all this flashy shit I got it there's no the world knows I got it, so why, why even try to prove it anymore? Hey, what up? We got to stop the interview to tell you about our folks and my bookie. That's right. Now, look, I'm a big gambler. Love gambling. Love sports gambling. I have been on a tear. To, look, I ain't going to lie to y'all. NFL season so far been real good to your boy. You could get down. Go to mybookie.ag. Sign up right now with that promo code bootleg. And uh, you know what's great about that promo code is it's going to get you hooked up with uh, $50 or more, your first deposit, you can get up to $200 in cash straight to your MyBookie account with the promo code bootleg. At the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers' season is a wrap. My guy tore his Achilles. It's over. Your season doesn't have to be over. NFL, college ball. Man, the new cash-out system on MyBookie is crazy. Let's say you got a three-leg parlay, a four-leg parlay. Maybe three of the four legs have hit, and you're waiting maybe on Monday Night Football to see if you hit all four, but you don't want to take that risk. You just want to cash out, take your money and run. You can do it. That brand new cash out system is fire, all right? So make sure you go to MyBookie right now, man. So much to do, all kinds of daily odds boosters, same game parlays, huge prize pool contest right now, mybookie.ag, all right? Sign up, use the promo code bootleg on your first deposit of $50 or more. You can get up to $200 in cash instantly to gamble with. Plus, we got a shout out to our fam, at Blue Chew. That's right. This is a good thing about Blue Chew, guys. Well, one, you know, the one thing I always get asked about Blue Chew is, one, does it work? Two, do you use it? Well, yes on both accords. All right? Shout out to Blue Chew. It works. But you got to not, not take my word for it. Get a, a whole month for free right now if you go to bluechew.com and use that promo code bootleg they're gonna send you a month's supply of blue chew straight to your door for free just gotta pay five dollars shipping same active ingredient as viagra and cialis and when i tell you that your dick is gonna be dicking your johnson is gonna be johnsoning your cock is gonna be rocked up socked up and ready to unload yeah huh it's like Barry Bonds, 70, was it 73 home runs? 70 home run season? You're going to be knocking them bitches right over the fucking, what's the, what's the big green monster in Fenway Park? Shit, your dick's going to be hitting, hitting that pussy straight over that wall. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever you're into. You know, don't got to be pussy, you can be asshole, whatever. Whatever you're into, 
BlueChew.com. Put your best foot forward when it comes to your dick, all right? You don't want to go on a first date with a young lady who you think is, you know, easy enough to fuck on the first date and not be prepared. Get the Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, promo code BOOTLEG, and get your first month for free. Same active ingredient as Viagra Cialis. No awkward doctor's appointment. Uh, It's all online. Discreet packaging straight to your door in a chewable form. BlueChew.com, promo code bootleg. Let's get back to the interview. No, I feel you. I'm on that same shit. When it, I mean, obviously, I'm much lower, lower, lower level. But, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not a, you know, I have I own a nightclub now in Scottsdale. You bet you were there. But my partners, man, they love the Beamers, and they get, they have, like, talk. That's I'm, just, oh, I feel like that's just, you're just rubbing that shit in people's like, faces. I just don't care. Yeah, like, I don't care. I, my, my wife has a nice whip. I drive my car uh, <laughs> that I, that I don't mind driving to the bay and putting miles on and you know my wife is sitting nice and I'm I chilling. feel like I feel like right now we learn a lot of like recipes to P&B bro like and recipes oh, to all these other all these other people that are losing their lives but like I feel like right now the world's in the most fucked up position we've seen it in in our generation besides 2008 people are broke people are hurting it feels it does feel though the energy is not the same in terms of like the literal loss that's happening in 08 but it feels almost like like you could feel it the amount of calls I get every day for people trying to get money or trying to figure out ways to make money or people feeling the loss of like emotion is crazy and so I don't want to be the one to be rubbing no shit in people's faces right now I'd rather just stay low key do my thing but as far as music goes I'm gonna keep trying like I'm going to keep doing my thing, having fun with it. I know me and OGZ are locked in for next month to knock out an a EP, which will be dope. Bring some good, young energy around. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, you've like, let him use the bus before. Yeah, that's my little bro, right? <laughs> and I and, and I think he's super dope. And I'm like, let me get next to OGZ and just kind of soak up some of that energy real quick. I already got the beats picked out. Yeah. You know, Rory called me the other day. He's like, bro, like, do we need someone to pick beats? I'm like, bro, bro. I you are it. great. You are. If there's one thing you do well, you pick fucking beats, man. Bro. For me and Ojeezy Project, I got some shit. You are great. You you're great A and R. Yeah, that's why I told Roy yesterday. I said, bro, I don't like to say this too often, but I, I got us. That record you dropped. One of my favorite records you dropped recently. It was you, uh, Conway, Jada. Who was was on that record? It was me, Conway, Mozzie, Mozzie. Uh, um, Styles P. No, it wasn't Jane. It was Styles in. Styles P. Yeah. And that shit was crazy. Yeah, that shit was hard. But I got the me and OGZ project lined up. I got uh, me and Larry June want to do another one. But I want. I told him I want to take the time and have all live music being played so we could perform that shit with the bands. Oh, that'd be hard. Uh, to do me some... and Mozzie got another one coming. I already Sign got me the individuals too. Yeah, I already got the beats picked. Me and Bureau got a full album already done, produced by Scott Storch. I just need to find the time to like add like two more hooks. Maybe like three features. Well, and, you and Be Real haven't done anything for a while. I mean, at least officially. Yeah. It's what it's been like six, seven years. Nah, well, nah, nah. It's been what, like what was it? Prohibition four or three? Nah, Los Meadows was the last oh, okay, one. Okay, okay. That was a great album. It just happened during COVID, and we yeah, got forty nine. Like you know, it's hard yeah. to keep up. Man. And we got discouraged because the album was so good, but then for COVID, we just got fucked on the promo for it. But yeah, man, I got me and OGZ. I got me and Mozzie. I got me and Larry June. I got me and Be Real. I'm gonna bring one back with my brother Ampicino, you know, for old school purposes, just old school mob sound. But I'm going all group projects right now for a while. I feel like I've done a good amount of solos. I'm just like, let me just go group projects and just bring different energies up. Um, Have you had the opportunity to tap in or meet or at least check out Mexican LT? Yeah, I, I mean, 
I was supposed to be involved in this project. Something fell through the cracks, but I got a call about like you know potentially helping the A and R of this project, um, and like sitting with him and helping pick beats and come up with just like features and things like that. Because someone else recognized Johnny Sipes recognized the talent for the year, but something got lost in communication. But He's a guy, still, man. He's a good kid. I still want the opportunity, though, because I feel like he's a dope-ass artist. He has a lot of potential. He's blowing the fuck up. And I feel like, you know, shit, if I just sat with him for one album, if I got to bring out some shit, he don't even know who he got yet. And I feel like he's got a good sound. He's got a good look. He's got, like, a good momentum. But, shit, OT, I know the first project, things slipped through the cracks. I'm running a billion dollar business. It wasn't on purpose. If you hear this, sit down with me for one project, bro. I promise I bring a whole different world out for you, brother. Just on some just whole different vibe with the production, with the features, with the rollout. Like, yeah. And, you know, I think that kid's got a lot of potential. Yo, I wonder, like, you sitting back and kind of seeing, because we talked about how, like, you know, for whatever reason, the bait gets overlooked when you think of, like, stories and how, you know, it gets covered. I mean, I think... Lately, unfortunately, most of the stuff we hear about the Bay in the news, world like nationwide, is real negative. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, nah, it's fucked up out here. Um, swear, whether it's the the smashing grabs or the the bipping or you know whatever the case is for you, like, what do you think is, you know, because because if you go through the city, if you go into San Francisco, it's, it's it's a lot different place than it was in five years ago, four years ago. You know what I mean? Like, for you, what do you think is um, the remedy and what do you think is the cause of kind of all the, the chaos in, in, in the Bay right now? Man, it's going to be a touchy subject, bro, but I'm just going to be real, bro, because at the end of the day, I'm not, I didn't make it this far to stay silent about things. I think they just let the city go to shit on purpose. They gentrified the fuck out of San Francisco. They moved all the people that are from there out of there. So the actual care and love is not really there anymore from people that grew up in neighborhoods like Hunters Point or you know Lakeview or the Fillmore District or the Mission. They just moved everyone out. They brought big tech in. Big tech got spoiled. They got, you know, they, they started turning the city into what they want to. Even the neighborhood I grew up in on California and Fillmore, my dad's restaurant used to be on top of our, uh, on the bottom of our apartment complex. And then there'd be like a movie store. There'd be a pizza shop. There'd be a coffee shop. There'd be this Mexican restaurant. It's all boutique clothing stores. And I was like, who the fuck? What the fuck? This ain't a neighborhood no more. This is some it's like high-end techie yeah. shit. And so I think the biggest problem with SF is that it got gentrified and they got way too liberal. Like, bro, I like how liberal the Bay Area is. I grew up getting money because of the laws of how liberal it is. But... Bro, they smash and grab shit some some chump ass shit, bro. And like the fact they just let it ride like that. Like the fact you can walk into Walgreens and just take whatever you want and walk out. And not is, worry about going to jail that is day. bullshit because at the end of the day, bro, we got kids. Yeah. And I want my kids to feel safe when they go do their thing in the city. That like you I'm would from. like if your daughter was 18, 19, because she's getting there, right? She's sixteen, yeah. You know, you would not feel comfortable with her going shopping by herself in San Francisco. I send somebody with her because I know what it is. I know that there's a risk for her car to get broken into. I know there's a risk for someone to steal something out of her hand and just move. And so this is the Bay Area, y'all. We grew up selling packs, getting money out of bitch. We grew up, you know, doing what we had to do. We're real hustlers. We're, this is the home of the independent blueprint. You had, for sure. E40, JT, the bigger figure. We own our own masters. We were, we were taught how to hustle from our mouthpiece. I feel like that's where I am. Where I am in life is because I was bred by the real ones with real game. Bring it back to that, dude. Go pick up. Go go get back with this shit, man. Go hate to say it as a father of a, of a teenage one, bro. Go break a bitch. 
Go, go, go sell a pack. Go, go build an independent fucking portfolio of music. Go, go do something dope, man. Like all this other shit's hella petty. It's just, it's trash. And like, that's not what we represent. I see some big players speaking out on it. Some real ones that did a lot of time out of the Oakland area. Shout out to Lil D. You know, I mean, shout out to the real ones, the real players. We're players in the Bay Area. We're go getters. We're independent hustlers. We're, we're a different breed than anyone else. Let's put that respect back on the area because right now we look like a bunch of little petty ass D's, and that's not what it is. You know, it's crazy. I, I have this talk all the time because you know I'm a I'm a fucking pretty liberal dude. You know, like I, I voted Democrat most of my life, or my whole life. Me too. Um, and you know, it's like, it's like at what point in time is like, yo, what are, what are we doing? I feel like they're getting too liberal, bro. They're letting this shit fall, and this is it's my like thoughts. Zero bail shit, like it's like that's coming to LA October first. I'm like, y'all think LA's bad right now? Yeah, but let me tell you why though. I'm I'm a I'm a preach, man. I feel like they're doing this shit on purpose so they can implement other laws that way supersede any of this shit. So y'all can get away with some bullshit right now. Keep fucking up our program. Keep making us look crazy, and they're gonna come. They're gonna come in and be like, you know what? Due to all these problems, we're gonna put in this law right here. That's boom, 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 boom. And we're gonna be like, whoa. So everyone's yeah, right you now. You have like, to show like your scan your ID before you even enter a mall soon. It just, I feel like China's leading the way for like the social credit score shit, 100%. and they're leading the way for like this non real lifestyle like they're monitoring they're the real big brother right now and I feel like what they're doing in the US especially in, in, in democratic areas is they're letting this shit fall apart on purpose so they can implement bigger laws that just affect and take all of our freedom away that's just my opinion I could be high maybe guys I've been smoking a little too much nah, funky I mean, funk, listen, but at the end of the day there is something to be said about like that social credit score shit because it already kind of feels like it's happening like, fuck yeah it's happening look at Instagram dog you you act wrong. You speak about something they don't want you to speak about. You get shadow banned. They tell you we're only showing your content to X and Y. Why? Who's deciding this shit? Mm-hmm. That's that big brother shit. Mm-hmm. That's why you should join Social Club, motherfucker. Shit. How's Social Club doing? It's too tough, bro. Uh, I mean, bro, we built out an app that allows you to upload pictures, videos, text posts. You could put your whole menu if you're a trapper or if you have a store you can put your whole menu of products and price for free attached to your profile we're putting audio comments and audio caption right no other platform has that but no one will will fuck with the platform I'm burnt out on it I'm thinking about giving up on it again that's the one business I can't figure out which is tech it's tough man it's tough because like you're competing with like I mean but think about this though we're competing with a, a platform that doesn't give a fuck about any of us all our shit's shadow banned I had someone at Facebook tell me yo you got 2 million followers you should be at 13 million followers by all the ways you've been searched by all the stuff that you've done the accomplishments you've made there's no way I was stuck at 1.9 million followers for 2 years you mean to tell me I was on the cover of Forbes magazine and my followers didn't go up 100,000 at all yeah Fuck that. She's like, you should be at 13 million at least, but they're capping your growth. Well, I think what it is, man, is unfortunately, like, everyone's going to go where the attention is, right? So if you're, like, a fucking business owner, you want to be where everybody's at. It just is what it is. So it's, like, in the same way that, like, you know, like, YouTube, unfortunately, you know, there's other YouTube uh, competitors that have popped up that, like, rumble and shit like that. But, you know, it's like, if you got a, if you got a content channel... You kind of have to depend on YouTube in a certain way because you want, if you want your shit to scale for real, 
that's where the eyes are. It's hard to get people to switch from Instagram. I've offered other celebrities to equity and social club to help me build. It's like, nah, man, it's not going to work. You know, I'm like, bro, I put, you know, over, what, like $2.5 million in a social club. So I'm trying to give away equity to people just to help me build it. Like, nah, man, it's not going to work. Yeah, it's just tough because you're it's competing. Crazy. You're competing with these guys in Santa Clara and Silicon Valley. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, oh I mean, at some point, people are going to get sick of having their posts deleted. You know, so I think I think what's going to happen, hopefully, is once weed probably becomes federally legal, there will be probably like a need for like a real platform like Social Club because it's going to be such a. It's going to be. It's just. I feel like there's 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 got to be a, there's going to be a weed platform. 20 years from now. Well, if you sell weed, if you smoke weed, if you post weed, you should know this 100%. Mark Zuckerberg fucking hates weed. He does not want weed. Yeah, you've had your shit yanked before. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've heard it from the top. I'm from here. I live in the Bay Area. I know people that work with the homie. And so basically... He just doesn't like weed. Keep your keep weed off of IG. <laughs> don't want your page well, to fuck with. Or just join a social club and post your weed there. Like, yeah. don't be a fucking pussy. Start up an account. If you really claim you trap or die, shit, you put your menu up for free right now on my shit. Yeah. You know, shit. Fuck with me. Hey, man. Social club. I got a profile. Go follow me on there. You yeah, I got that? a profile. No one really interacts on there. That's the sad thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, but it's going to take us to build it, man. Because I, I, I don't even like going there and getting like no responses. I get like 40 comments and shit. But like, at the end, it's a good platform. If we all move over there, then it's, you know, shit. It is what it is. Yo, you've been so good at building brands. Um, I just saw Vibes Clothing launched. Uh, I got a pack. Shout out to the homie uh, Luck uh, who sent me some gear. Um, but you've just been so you have a knack for brand building and that's the talent um you know cookies obviously is one of the most recognizable brands in the world at this point um it's getting bootlegged everywhere <laughs> I, go to, <laughs> I go to the santee alleys there's so much fake cookie shit yeah, man. <laughs> fuck it let them be our cheerleaders right 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 go get yeah, it's like a fucking billboard for you at yeah. the end of the day uh you go to the goddamn whatever liquor store i mean i've been a liquor shady, store shady just empty bags for sale for a dollar a piece you can get yeah. you your cookie bag and stuff whatever bullshit shady. weed in there <laughs> shady as fuck <laughs> you've seen those right that yeah, they even have like fake grinders and fake like uh, fucking. There, there's been some cool bootleg shit I've seen, but like, yeah, we we're probably like one of the most number one bootleg brands out there. But well, again, in the weed space, you're definitely number one. Yeah, for sure. But even like on the clothing accessory side, like I'll see like fake bongs and all kind of crazy. But you know, at the end of the day, it's like, fuck, dude, that makes me feel good because if people really want to take their energy to kind of bootleg what I'm doing, then it's like. That means you're doing something. If you, the brands are not getting bootleg, that's something to worry about. They should worry about that. I was going to ask you, though, in terms of, like, brand building, what are some of the things that, like, you could give some game on in terms of maybe if somebody is starting a new business, maybe it's a coffee shop, maybe it's a pastry line, maybe it's, you know, what are the, the, the kind of the general things that, you know, you would uh, you would say are important? Yeah, I'll give you guys, like, three, and then the rest you got to buy the book. I got a book on the way. Uh, but pretty much like first thing first is you gotta find your identity you gotta find your logo and your identity you see Cookie's got that circle C and we got the font on my hands you wanna find your script you wanna find your identity I think the second thing that's important is like find a colorway that sticks out we can paint that building blue and you know what it is even in markets where like they won't let us call the building Cookie's I just painted blue you know if there's a medical market we opened up West Virginia we couldn't put no signage in there but that bitch is blue and they know exactly they know what it is, is. So find your identity, find your script, find your colorway. And I think the third thing is like, 
you better be hands on with your shit because if you're not hands on with your shit you're never gonna actually really own or understand your shit you could pay an agency to build this for you can do that for you you can pay people to do marketing but if you ain't really on the ground building that shit then it's not real mm. that's some real shit most people like you said they'll I feel like a lot of people will settle for whatever shitty design they get back from the graphic designer they paid the first time. And they're like, I got, oh, well, it, I paid for this. Even deeper now, I got hundreds of employees and some of their jobs will be like to go see quality and comment on quality. But like when I see something, I'll be like, can you set up a call with the partners for me so I can call? I'm like, yo, this looks really good and it burns pretty good, but I feel like we can do a little better. And I feel like if we do ABCFG, they can really bring a whole new product out. And, you talking about the flower? Yeah, but... Yeah. I don't really know like if I even have time for that but I do it and by calling them directly they respect the fuck out of it and they're fired up that I'm even paying attention to what's coming out of a random market right um, and so I just feel like when you put that work in yourself then people will respect you as, as that brand mm -hmm. and you'll actually know what's going on with your brand I could be clueless sitting in this building right now. But yeah, Cookies is great, man. We're fucking the biggest and the best. And yeah, I fucking rock on. Or I could be the way I am. Anal about everything. Let me see it. Oh, man, we could change this. Or this store feels good, but we should do this. Or like, are you, are they doing sales every week? Are they in, you know, are they engaging with their customers? I'm so hands-on with everything from like design to flower to new products to launches of products to partners to, you know, drama going on here or there. I, that's why the business is still what it is is because I know what's up yeah you lose touch your shit you're fucked that's that is some real shit I was gonna ask you um, in terms of you know you've had a journey that we've all watched very closely but there was like a point in time where you were still probably very much like uh, one foot in one foot out on like still being the guy sending packs and mm -hmm. trapping hard and and, and, and also the guy trying to build a business and a career as an artist. Um, a lot of those things ran parallel with each other. Do you remember kind of, uh, when was the first time you kind of got like the peace sleep of like, oh, I'm out of that life? Like, cause at the end of the day, we're still, you're still in the weed game, right? So it's still the weed game. So you're still gonna kind of be involved in certain type of, around certain people and shit. But in terms of just like, really being like, man, I got through that shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, when it hit that 10 year mark. Yeah. 10 yeah. years, right? I mean, I think it's statute of limitations, like seven years, maybe it's 10 years. I don't know. But after 10 years of like not being fucked with for anything I did in the past, I felt good. I mean, we still get targeted. I still get profiled, still get questioned and have issues with banks and stuff like that. But like from the little shit I did prior in the very beginning of my career, yeah, after that 10-year mark, you know, probably. You're like, hey, I ain't heard about it yet. I ain't gonna hear about it. You know, but I just chose to walk away at the right time. My mom died. There's gonna be no one else that could look after or love my daughter the way I would or she would. Yeah. And I was like, I'm out. That shit's that's crazy. it. And it took a lot of dedication. But that, again, that's why I feel like the brand is what it is because I put it all into that. You could have one foot in and one foot out, but like you're only giving that one foot in half attention. Like, bro, I could be the brown bag boy right now. I could send packs. I could get more money for weed than anyone else. I could be, I, I know everybody. I could be killing it. But, like, why would I do that when I have cookies potentially being, you know, one of the biggest canvas brands in the world as far as, like, being recognized everywhere, right? Like, why would I jeopardize that shit? And it's tough. It's tempting. And I miss the brown bag. And I miss 
hustling and whatnot, but like I just hustle in a different way. Yeah. What would uh, be your advice? Because we see guys like uh, Jay Z popped up and had a big brand, and I don't know what happened with it because I, 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 I think it's called Monogram. I think mm-hmm. it kind of came and went. Um, but we kind of see that a version of that happening a lot with artists, especially artists who don't necessarily even smoke weed. Yeah. Right. Um, what would be like, you know, because I do feel like there is a misconception that if you just get it, get your own strain, you know, man, you see it all the time. We don't even got to say names, but there's so many rappers out here who have gone in and out of just strain deals and hoard themselves out to so many different guys. And they're on Instagram talking, doing posts for people about boxes. And you see these fucking just posts. Terrible. It's fucking crazy terrible. that there are these like... Yo, you're getting paid by the trapper in downtown LA to shout out their fucking telegram. Like, what are we doing here? Like, well, first thing first, like, if I if I was still sending boxes, I wouldn't pay anyone to shout me out at all. I'd shut that's crazy. Up. That shit's yeah. crazy. Yeah, you're snitching on yourself. So that's just. I my... see that shit and I'm like, what? I'm like, whoa! <laughs> like, it's a commercial for them to come and get you, bro. Yeah. So you know, it's one thing to shout out like a different type of weed. You know, like, hey, I'm smoking this. Like that's cool. But to say, hey, my guy guarantees touchdowns and if boom, you boom, need boom. Your packs, you need your boxes. Make sure you follow so and so, man. Like, they always touch down. Trust me, I know. So three things. One. If I was still trapping the golden rules, you don't even talk about that shit like that, right? Two, um, you don't know who the fuck you're validating. You might be validating someone that's got some crazy shit yeah, going on. If someone can that. give you $2,500 and a half a pound of weed for yeah. you to stamp them, who knows who the fuck they are? Yeah. So, you know, artists find deals that are a little more pure. Like, maybe you get paid to stamp a different genetic or you get paid to endorse a brand. But, like... Going back to all the strain thing, like a strain is only good if you have someone that can consistently grow good and could, you know, help make it tangible in other markets. And I think the problem is that a lot of people getting in the weed game have one, never sold weed, two, don't understand the weed industry, and three, don't really have enough patience to see it through. They get paid a little bit I of think bread. Patience is the biggest thing. Yeah. They get paid a little bit of bread, they put their brand on the shelf, they get a line for the first drop, but then they're not following up. And a lot of artists are so fucking conceited with their Instagrams that they won't even post this shit the way they're supposed to. They're like, want to post like pictures of their chest and their They're jewelry so fucking worried about their Instagram, uh, you know, persona. Aesthetic. Yeah. Fuck like your the, aesthetic, bro. You got a brand. Like it's like, it. dude, like, all right, so, you know, I feel like if you're going to try to get in the Wii game, understand what the Wii game is, first of all, right? Like, I've been smoking weed forever. I've been in this game legally for like 21 years already. So is I have an unfair advantage in understanding what's going to work and what won't. You know, the perfect idea of a celebrity brand that worked was Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you why it worked. Because one, she took her time. I tried to approach her many years ago. She wasn't ready yet. She took her time to learn to understand the weed business. Mm-hmm. She took her time to understand the weed culture, right? She took her time to wait for a genetic that stood out that made sense that was different she told me what kind of genetics she wanted I told her I said sis we can give you something that's ready already we can start breeding and try to find something that's that's really gonna check those boxes for you she said take your time I'm in no rush and so it took two years and we presented her with flower which is like is a lemoncello cross that I really 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 like right. right so Erica has a real genetic right Erica took time to understand the business understands um you know the culture she took time to 
to develop her genetics, right? She also is hands-on as fuck. And that goes back to what we talked about earlier. She's on every single call, every single creative call. She's a part of the design process. She's engaged. She's part of, like, the store drops. She's part of, like, coming up with, you know, new products and new names for products. She actually gives a fuck. As a matter of fact, we were supposed to go live one day and promote uh, one of the drops in the new market. She said, Burn it and fucked around and stopped my life. They didn't shadow ban my ass for posting. I said, You're Erica Badu. She said, I know, ain't that a bitch? I'm like, but you know what, though? You're putting in the work. And so Erica's brand worked because she understood the purpose of it. She understands it's a medicine, it actually really connects people. She loves her. She loves her audience. It's not, a, it's not a lick. It's not a lick, bro. People treat this shit like it's a lick. It's not about money for her at all. We've never, I could be honest to say, I've never discussed money with Erica Badu about her wee business at all, ever once. All we talked about is it being great, it resonating with the people, and it being everywhere that we can put it, and that's all she cared about, right? And so her brand's going to continue to work, right? And we have some really cool products with her. Outside the flower, we got the mushroom tea with her. Um, we got... We got this crazy ass uh, other flower formula that's kind of like a, I think it's like a blue lotus or something like that that gets you feeling super trippy. Um, she's a true, and like she took the time and put the respect for the culture and for her audience to educate them on what this actually is that she's selling. Ain't no one else doing that shit. Did you ever anticipate the Gary Payton thing becoming such a thing? No, where people were like rapping about us, smoking all that Gary Payton, like no, nah, it's like that shit was it's just a some, real like staple now. It's just a bomb ass weed, yeah. And Gary just made it like even cooler, and like, you know the whole story how. And that's again is an organic situation. Mm-hmm. I think because he he's from Oakland, right? He's from Oakland, yeah. But like he didn't like we didn't plan that out. Yeah. That was just like happened random and organically as fuck. Yeah, and then you see, I mean, every basketball player is has got their own strain now. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, but like again with Gary, he just trusts the process. Has like anybody like a guy like Kevin Durant reached out to you to try to kind of get some game? Because I, I do see he's trying to get into the weed game a bit. I've chilled with Kevin hella times. Well, Kevin's you know, cool he as fuck. Here. Yeah, yeah, you know, like and I, I've smoked bud with Kevin. Now he's openly talking about that, right? Yeah, he's openly talking about yeah, it. So yeah. I say it now because because yeah. yeah. now players can smoke. Yeah, I've gotten big high with Kevin Durant, and I fuck with him a lot. And we have a game plan for something to do. It just depends whether he still wants to do it or not. But like I've sat with him, I smoked with him, I've kind of presented a plan for him, and I fuck with him because he actually really smokes big. Yeah, yeah, for sure. KD gets big high. Hey, we got to stop the interview to tell you about our partners at Odd Socks, baby. That's right. Shout out to our family at Odd Socks, man. Look, the most comfortable socks in the entire world. Oddsocksofficial.com. They just got the Coca-Cola license. They got the Scarface license. They got the WWE license. They got fucking Kool-Aid socks. Chucky, you know what I'm saying? Halloween's coming. Get them fucking Chucky socks. Speaking of Halloween, what about the Ghostbuster joints, man? Whoo, these are gas. They even got the Ghostbuster underwear. What I'm trying to tell you is whatever you're into, they got them at Odd Socks, oddsocksofficial.com. They just locked in the brand new uh, Saban, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Well, look, they got Transformers and Power Rangers. That's essentially what I'm trying to say. Oh, Hasbro, the Hasbro license, all right? They got all the socks, draws, all that shit. Plus, they got the Odd Socks basics, which are my favorite, just the normal guys. I mean, I wear them every single day of my life. They're literally the most comfortable socks. And don't forget about the underwear, ladies and gentlemen. The underwear are there. If you want to get 20% off at checkout, go to oddsocksofficial.com. Use that promo code BOOTLEG, 20% off at checkout. Oddsocksofficial.com. Trust me, 
All right, you go get some of these odd socks, you put them on. If they ain't the most comfortable socks you ever put on in your motherfucking life, you know what I'm saying? DM me. I'm not going to reply, but they, because you're a liar. You know what I mean? Anyway, also want to give a big shout out to our family at King Palm, baby. That's right. Shout out to King Palm, man. Listen, I've been smoking these King Palms since they've come on board, and I don't know what, man, look, bruh. These things right here, it's a tobacco free leaf, just organic. No, no, like, uh, no bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Just organic. I mean, this thing right here, this is a, like, it's, it's natural what I like about it. You know what I'm saying? Now, this is what I like about King Palms is I went from smoking just straight papers to strictly King Palms, and I love it because I like the way they burn and I like the way they taste. Because what they do have are these terpene flavored tips. Yes, they're infused on the tip, tobacco free. You squeeze the tip. And it's a burst of flavor. These are the sugar punches. Shout out to Sugar Sean O'Malley. Uh, these are the dragon fruits. Ooh, what do we got here? What do we got here? We got grape. They got all kinds of flavors. I mean, literally watermelon. They got an energy drink flavor, California cream, whatever it is. And check this out. Right now, not only can you go and get King Palm at your favorite smoke shop by your house, maybe 7-Eleven, pop in, get you some King Palm. Whatever smoke shop is near you has King Palms, liquor stores, all that. But you can also go to the website and get 50% off. Half off whatever you want to order from King Palm. They got the smoking accessories, the ashtrays, the grinders. I mean, the glass tips, whatever you're into. KingPalm.com, promo code bootleg. Save 50% off at checkout. Shout out to King Palm, man. I'm about to smoke up right now after this podcast. All right, yo, let's get back to the interview. <laughs> I just saw him recently and he was smoking. It was like in public, too. I was like, oh, he doesn't give a fuck. Like, I'm glad we actually, that was one of the coolest people I've gotten high with. I couldn't say it before, but yeah, I've gotten big high with Who's the coolest person you've gotten high with? This has got to be, I mean, you've probably gotten high with everybody at this point. Um... Somebody who sticks out where you're like, wow, I smoked with this person. That's fucking crazy. Dude, dude, to me, it's, it's still be real, dude. Like, I'm almost going to be honest. Like, be real is a guy. Yeah. And he gets he gets really high. And, like, when I see him, it's like a reunion of, like, here's the flavors I've been fucking with. Here's the flavors he's been fucking with. We just rolling back to back. And, you know, I just, this childhood goal shit. It's also, like. He's a legendary weed man too, you know. Yes, he is. So, like my favorite person, you know, I've gotten high with is Be Real, straight up. Yeah, Be Real. Uh, obviously, tell me how. Because yo, was this Snoop Wiz tour? Was this your biggest tour you've done, or one of them at least? It felt like one of the biggest. It, it felt you guys, good. I, I think it was dope because everyone was canceling their tours. And yeah. tour dates. Yeah, and no one wanted to mention that the Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa, Too Short, Moran G, and Burner Tour sold out in every market. Like, And in, the, in a time where nobody was selling out shows, everybody was complaining. Nah, everyone was canceling. And the coolest thing about this tour for me was I got the opening slot, right? It was DJ. Oh, shout to DJ Drama. Drama he, was there, yeah. Drama was there. He, he put on. Uh, but, like, it was DJ Drama than me. And then it'd be Warren, Too Short, Wiz, Snoop. And when I first got offered this show, I was like, fuck, I got the opening slot. I'm about to be fucked. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, because those opening slots in those amphitheater shows, can be they can be interesting. Bro, I've seen it a hundred different Me ways. Me too. Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. But the best thing about this show was that it was never like that. That bitch was 85% full every time I went on. There's videos, the whole tour. I go on at 7 p.m. That bitch is full, rocking. Nice, grown, mature crowd getting there early. Young and grown, but they were there early because they liked the lineup. They didn't want to miss and me. They, yeah, they didn't want to miss you. They didn't want to miss me. They didn't want to miss Warren G. They didn't want to miss Too Short. They wanted to see the whole show. And so 
Yeah, that that tour was life changing uh, for me. I thank Snoop so much for for hand selecting that that lineup because he did hand select that lineup, and I feel super grateful for that. I got a chance to bond with some of my you know mentors and some of my the guys I grew up listening to and looking up to. Got a chance to chill with the Taylor Gang. You know that's family. Me and Snoop got some deals coming out that that tour that are pretty big. We got Cookies by Cookies coming soon under his food umbrella. So we're Ooh, already, cookies by cookies. Yeah, just snacks, good snacks. I like that. Non-infused Walmart, baby. Yo, for Snoop, like I feel like, have you? Because because when we think of weed and hip hop, we think I think of Snoop, and then I think of Wiz, and I think of Be Real, and I think of you. But in terms of just like the general public, everyone thinks of Snoop Dogg, right? <laughs> You've done some weed stuff with Snoop. Um, for whatever reason, it feels like Snoop hasn't fully. Um, cracked off in the space in a way that you would expect him to. I know you guys have done stuff, um, but have you ha- have you like helped Snoop out at all in that in that space? We launched we launched something together that did hella well. Uh, the doggy bag it killed it. I mean, when we dropped it in in L.A., the lines were down the block. We dropped it in other markets. People loved it. It was a good genetic. But I think the thing with Snoop is that he's way bigger than just focusing on a weed brand. He's He's an international fucking icon. No, it's crazy. This guy, he, this guy. I think he's the. I mean, I always tell this to people. He's the most famous rapper in the world. I think he's like. He's one of the most famous people in the in the world. He's like the closest, like, and I say this. This may be a weird statement, but he's like the closest guy to Michael Jackson out there. Like, he's no one like Michael. Everyone knows who Snoop Dogg. Everybody. Is. I don't care your where grandma, you go. Your grandma. Like, you know who the dog Snoop. is. Yes. You know who the dog is. 100%. So I think that the dog. I think that Snoop loves weed. He's a fan of weed. He loves to smoke good weed. I've gotten high with him for years. He's had multiple brands. But I think that he's just so much bigger than trying to focus on a weed brand. He's focused on like the food category now with the ice cream and the cereal. Like I think he's focused on just like bigger plays that he didn't really think he'd be able to do, you know, when he was younger, Snoop. And I think that Getting like into Walmart. Yeah. Shit like that, yeah. I mean, and he's not only getting into Walmart, he's opening the doors for other people. Like, he didn't have to open that door for me. That's mm-hmm. why I bought him the Rolex at the last day of the tour because I was like, you know, I don't even know if he'll ever wear this watch, but like, I'm so grateful that he opened up the door for me to help normalize my myself as a household name. And by introducing that partner to develop, create cookies and to and to actually distribute it into places like Walmart, that's big as fuck for me, and I'm grateful for that. And I think that I told him that day, I said, you're the only artist I know that gives back like this. Yeah. You share your platform. Back, yeah. You don't want nothing back. He told me, Brian, I'm simple. You could have brought me a little bag. We said, I know I could have, but like, I want to give you this from the heart because this is what, you know, in my world, like, this is, I've always dreamed about being able to do something like this. And like, this tour brought a lot of happiness to my life in a really dark time. And this tour gave me motivation to keep making music. And it showed me that around the country I'm respected all in different markets I never thought I would be. Mm-hmm. And shit, bro, like you're opening up big doors for us. So shout out to Snoop. He's the only guy that actually really shares his platform and gives back and gives opportunities to other artists when he ain't got to do that shit at all. That's that's my role model, really. No, Snoop, I, I always see him popping up on up-and-coming artist shit, too. Like, just like... Just randomly, you'd be like, "Damn, Snoop's on like a Zoe Osama remix, or he's on a Scarlet record." Like, and it's just like, "Oh, he's he's not only is he like, you know, he's just tapped in, and, and I feel like he's he's generous with his energy, man." Man, that dude ain't got to do 
that dude's caked up. <laughs> For sure. Snoop Dogg is caked up, liquidly caked up in like, his money's not in equity. He's caked up for real, for reals. And he don't have to do none of the shit he's doing. He's doing it because he loves it. And that's the dope thing about the dog. Have any of the, like, you know, like, when we think of a guy like Diddy or we think of a guy like Hove, have you had any discussions with those guys at all about maybe just kind of gaming them up in terms of the space? Because it is a space that, you know, like you said, it helps to be somebody who came from that life. You know what I mean? Someone who's a smoker, someone who cares about the culture of cannabis you know yep. what I mean I've sat down with Diddy I've, I've had like really really cool like sit down with him and had a good relationship with him personally Just dude's a fucking legend bro he's, a, he's an iconic dude for sure I've actually had the opportunity to talk with Jay-Z as well and you know it was a very it's like a 30 minute call but it was like gold shit yeah, I can talk. was that just about just, the just about or? just like cannabis and like yeah. where cannabis is going and he gave me a lot of game um, you know we, we just were sharing thoughts about things and I just kind of told him that you know like my goal with this business is to leave it to my daughter but I would like to find a way to exit one day and get some liquidity actually get some real cash a couple hundred million bucks that'd be cool yeah and he gave me some real game on how to do that I'm grateful for that I gave him some game we talked about doing something and just never really moved like that but like I was on a fucking Zoom with Jay-Z it was pretty that cool that crazy you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking home. cool you know talk to Hove salute to him I'm grateful for the game he gave me I hope that he found the game I gave him valuable I'm here if they ever want to chop it up again you know like gave Diddy some good game he gave me some good game you know so I feel blessed like it's one thing to be on that list um, I even sat down with Dr. Dre about weed before Really? Yeah. Like face to face? Yeah. What was the face to face Dre meeting like? Crazy. Because that's really for someone who grew up in that. Uh, I told in you Cali, I would give you. I, to, I told you I would give you gems on this. Cause I fuck with you. You're very consistent with like caring about my story. But like, yeah, shout out to Slim the Mobster, man. Um, he made a call back in the days. Yo, Slim the Mobster. Fuck, he was on aftermath. He was in jail, and he made a call, and from jail was on the phone, and. You know, I went and went to go sit down with Dre. They was like, nah, man, he ain't here, man, he ain't here. And they was like shooting me away. I was like, man, Slim, I'm here, bro. He ain't tried. He said, hold on. Boom, boom, boom. And I get let in. I go sit down. And, uh, and Dre sat down with me. And I, and I showed him a jar of what we wanted to call the chronic. And it was by far the best looking weed we've ever produced. It was incredible, beautiful. It was orange, purple, funky, stanky. Just buds looked. It was like it looked like it was out of a fucking movie. How good this weed looked. I showed him the chronic, and he was just like, "Yeah, I fuck with it, and, and I appreciate Slim putting this play together." And you know, we'll think about it. But like, I don't know if I really want to kind of put myself in the industry. You know, I, I got you know. He told me I got money, money, and I don't really want to play with that until. You know, maybe it's federally illegal. I just don't want to risk it. I'm like, what year was this? This was like, like three or four years ago. Oh shit! So not too far, no. not too long ago, yeah. Um, and I said I respect that, and I said, can I leave this with you for yourself or those who smoke? He's like, for sure. And I got like a nervous picture with him. Uh, Fred Reck took the picture for me because he was there. Shout out to Fred Reck. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's cool that like being on that hip hop list. I think it's cool because like. Dre saw me. He had to see you. I'm like, oh, that's... <laughs> I remember that guy. Yeah, I remember that guy. He pitched me on this week. I guess business. it's going pretty well. Yeah, I guess it fucking worked for him. I think it's cool because I got a chance to share moments with Diddy. 
and I got a chance to share moments with Jay Z. And you guys were the top four. Yeah, and I didn't get. I've never met Kanye. You know, I don't know. Whatever. I have no opinion on that. But I'm just saying it's cool because I've ran into all of those guys, and I felt good for them to see me up there because I told them what I wanted to do and what I was building at the time. And now they see. They, they have see to see the list. They're like, oh yeah. shit, because the same guy that does their evaluation and is kind of making sure that you know they're they're. Their net worth is credible and relevant is doing mine. So it's real, you know. I was going to say, when that happens, what is the, um, whether it's the four or that list, what, what is like the influx in people just in your DMs or bothering you or all of a sudden trying to fuck with you? It's got to be crazy. It's crazy, bro. It's crazy. I'm not the answer to anyone's problems. I promise you. Or just like I would just see people like like posting that would just never ever like post about you or like even like acknowledge your music or what you're doing. And it's like, oh, now you know, now you know this guy's on the cover of Forbes, and now you know you're fucking. I mean, yeah. it's kind of cool. You obviously, the more successful you get, the more people are going to come. Yeah, to the they're party. going to come. They're going to come and like recognize game, but like. Again, for me, just it's life goal shit because I grew up looking up to Jay Z. I grew up looking up to Diddy. Who didn't, right? Mm-hmm. Grew up looking up to Dr. Dre. Kanye's fucking. No matter what anyone says about the guy, he's a fucking. He's a legend, bro. He's a genius. He's a, he's a smart guy. He yeah. built he built out Yeezy hard, and so like, it's cool to sit next to those guys. It's cool to like be acknowledged by the same guys that acknowledge him on a wealth, um, the, you know, side of things. But like. Fuck, I just felt good when that came out. I was like, damn, I've talked to multiple of these guys. I told them what I wanted to do. I think the coolest thing is, bro, I'm just getting started. Yeah. Like, we just, I can't say what, but Vibes just locked in something so big. No, the Vibes papers are going crazy. I feel like it's, I mean, I feel like it's very hard to take off the top dog. And I feel like you guys have done a really good job of, like, like if I go to any smoke shop, it used to be if I went to a smoke shop and I saw vibes, I'd be like, oh, you guys got vibes. That's fucking sick. You know, Bird is my friend. That's cool. It's everywhere. Yeah, but like the play we just locked in for vibes is so next level, bro. Like, and, you know, you guys will see it two years from now because I probably won't be able to talk about it for a while. But like, it's one of those plays that like goes down to history, bro. And so like, I'm just getting started. So if I made that list now, right? It's was- crazy because this alone... It's, yeah, it's a fucking a, a beast of a business. Yeah, Vibes is about to hit hard. So like, you know, and I feel like Cookies is nowhere close to where it's gonna be, especially because we haven't really added international as much as we could possibly in the future. So it's crazy because you've dealt with so many uphill battles in every single one of these spaces you're in. Like, especially like I remember when you you had the public falling out with Josh at Raw, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it, it it feels like if I'm a guy who has a company that depends on weed users and Burner comes into that space. I'm freaking the fuck out because I know it's going to work. Yeah, well, especially like if I come in that space and I get next to key players that actually make that business what it's about to be because I start getting next to everyone real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Like, I didn't just say white label of a rolling paper for me. I went and found the best rolling paper producer. I went and found the best specialty item producer, like the Cali, the Cali, yeah. the Cubano, You could have done so Eddie, You could have been lazy and, and did what and a lot of people would have done, just white label some shit. Yeah, yeah, we ain't doing none of that. And so the fact that we started getting close to real people, I feel, I think made other rolling paper producers feel the threat. But 
that threat shouldn't have been felt until today. Because the, the document that came through my email today... It's serious. Yeah, motherfuckers better feel that threat Ooh. because I'm coming for the top space in rolling paper business. And I say that with confidence with my balls hanging down to my feet right now. You know what I mean? Where do you feel like um, the shroom game's going? Because it feels like, at least on the black market, it's the new packs. It's the new, it's the new way to get margins. It's the new way to make some fucking serious money. It's obviously extremely illegal to, to psilocybin. But in certain places like Oakland, I think San, is San Francisco now legal or decriminalized? I know Oakland Yeah, is. they don't give a shit about that shit. I think shrooms is about to be a big wave. I think it's going to be just like the cannabis it wave. It seems like the next thing that's about to get hoard out quickly, get yeah. corny quickly. Um, you know, there's obviously... Um, high medicinal purposes for it especially 100%. in the therapeutic spaces 100% like even without psilocybin mushrooms are good for your body they're good for your for your for your mind cause you have um, caps you have caps which is uh, legal mushrooms that you could go buy at any I mean I'm assuming any cookies dispensary yeah we actually got like a some kind of like a, some kind of like not a war but like some kind of like some kind of acknowledgement in men's health about caps but I planted that seed real early Caps, right? Because whenever psilocybin comes to be a thing, you already have caps. I already have caps, and you know, fuck it, I'll tell you and whatever. But like, we already have a bunch of different like R and D going on with like real, you know, psilocybin style mushrooms, and like just finding the best, you know, the best type of mushroom, and you know, just kind of like doing our research on a very small level in the background. So when that time comes. We cheat just like genetics. Like yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing different because there's no. penis envy. There's tidal waves. There's I mean, there's, there's different strains that do different things yeah. that hit you differently. That give you different emotional, you know, reactions and yeah, visibilities and. So you know, we're just we're we're slow playing that. We got the legal side of mushrooms already on deck, and they're really good for your sleep and really good for your daytime. You know, like I love the, them, man. Yeah, they're good them. for you know for like the mind and being sharp. And when, you know, recreational hits for psilocybin, we're in position to introduce it. To be ready. And in a very good way with, like, purpose and, like, with good quality product. But I think that psilocybin would just be just like the cannabis industry. All these chads are going to come in and try to fuck it I up. I feel like they're kind of already... I think that's actually happening right now. Because I, I saw... I just watched a YouTube video um, that someone's trying to trademark or copyright, like, psilocybin therapy, which is a weird thing to try to... Like it's it's some weirdo shit going on already in that space. Yeah, fuck all that shit. I'm crazy. Like like in your position, right? Being in so many different cities, so many different markets. Do you ever have to deal with like any? Because you know, I know right now there are lobbyists that are trying to get the psilocybin shit passed through. But do you ever have to deal with like politicians or anybody who's like? Because that's it. Feels like it feels like there's definitely got to be. A, a agenda or a lobby on both sides to make it federally legal and or illegal and it feels like you might have some sort of insight on what that only looks like, like on like in certain markets like when they're holding back our license to open in a store I'll talk to like certain uh, politicians and kind of just say hey like what's going on like we'd love to build you know whoop whoop and get a chance to say hello but I, I mean bro if I'm ever invited to the White House or if I'm ever invited somewhere around some of these lawmakers I would love to give my input I was going to say, do you think federally it's going to happen soon in terms of... No. No. Five years, ten years. I feel like... I don't know why one of these fucking cocksuckers running for president doesn't just fucking say, guys, <laughs> I'm going to make weed legal. Because there's too many old people in position. Presidents are just puppets. It's just fucking crazy. Yeah. You would think, like, you, you probably win the election. Just 
Run that you're making weed legal and you're going to free fucking marijuana prisoners. That's crazy. They don't want to do that. There's too much money behind keeping people locked up. And there's too many old people with old thoughts and old agendas in position. We need some of these guys to kind of phase out and let the new generation take office. I give it 10 years. I think 10 years. I would love to be optimistic and say weeds can go legal soon so I can really build my business the way it should be built and we can get rid of these weird ass laws like 280E and shit but I don't see it happening anytime soon that's why I spread my wings really hard and stay relevant in many other ways um, give me your uh, top 5 rappers ever Pac uh, Bone Thugs is a group praying for Crazy Bone praying for Crazy Bone right sure. now um, definitely um Shit, this is tough. I'm biased, man. I'm fucking... I'm old school, dog. I'm, I mean, Snoop. You got Pac, Bone, Snoop. Um, I mean, Biggie's in there, for sure. And... Fuck, dude. This is tough. I'm so old school, man. I'm so old school when it comes to music. Uh, fuck, I'm gonna get ridiculed for this list. Um... Fifth person, bro. DMX, fuck it. DMX, and you got to work with DMX. Yeah, before yeah. he passed, which is yeah. crazy. I, I related to his shit a lot. Now there's a bunch of people I should have said politically and whatever, but that's just what comes to my head right now. What I'm listening to right now. I'm surprised you didn't do the political Bay Area rapper to throw in there. Well, there's, that's his own <laughs> list, you know. That's his own list. What's the Bay Area list? Fuck. <laughs> um, you know the Jacka, um, the Jacka. Mac Dre for sure, E forty, San Quinn, and I mean, bro, you got to give two shortest. Price. Yeah, I give two short. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I, I feel like people who aren't from the Bay d- will never quite uh, understand Mac Dre, like yeah, or San Quinn, San or, or San Quinn, or even the Jagger for yeah, sure. The Jagger, that's my number one Bay Area. You know, I'm one of his biggest fans. He, but the San Quinn's probably one of the best rappers at this at the Bay. I think out the West Coast, he just never got a chance to shine like that on a very, very major level. But like Quinn still got heat to this day. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Now I think it's crazy because like I had that, I had that talk with um, uh, somebody else from the Bay that I won't mention. But we're we're kind of talking about how like like I understand why Mac Dre is important. I understand. You know, I, I I also understand from what a lot of people told me that people didn't really, in terms of the streets, fuck with him and like like at least the his Thiz era shit until he passed. It was more like some Berkeley shit, and then once he passed, people kind of really truly appreciated. Gravitated to him, yeah. What he did, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, all right, man. Well, shit. Hey, before we go, can you give me the last time we hung out? You gave me um, uh, OG. Uh, Burner in the in the uh, what, 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 I forget what happened. You almost you were afraid you were gonna get robbed in the mountains of Humble County. <laughs> yeah, that shit went super viral. Let's let's dive back fifteen years, twenty years. Burn, give me the another random, just story time with Burner. Give me a crazy story about a, a situation that might have been dicey back in the day. Um, it could have been in Humble County. It could have been in the streets of San Francisco. Give me, give me a little anecdotal, little tidbit, man, yeah. before we go. Well, <clears throat> I guess a good one would be uh, I let someone handle something for me one time, 
And, uh, you know, I just, I felt in my gut that it wouldn't be the right move. But I said, bro, like, be very attentive. These guys are kind of like, these guys are kind of shifty. And I don't think they're going to rob you by gunpoint, but I feel like something's going to go wrong. So, you know, I'm going to let you handle this because I'm not around, but, like, be very attentive to what happens. He's like, for, for sure, I got you. So he goes to meet up with this guy in the hotel, and he gives him the bags and a duffel bag, and the guy gives him the money. The money's vacuum sealed, and, um, you know, it looks right. It's hundreds on top and whatever, and there was two vacuum sealed bags. And... Kind of made a joke like, what, you don't trust me? You want to count it here? You really want to count it all here? I got shit to do. I got to move. I got to go box these up and get them out of here. And he was like, yeah, you know, he's like, bro, at least bust open one. You can count it real quick. And, you, and the dude opened up for him the vacuum seal bag and handed him a stack and counted through the whole stack. It's all hundreds. Boom, boom, boom. Cool. Put it back. And he's like, bro, I got to go. I got to move. You know what I mean? Boom. My boy takes off, gets to where he's going opens up the vacuum seals and the rest of all the stacks are just a hundred on top of all ones. Ooh. And I'm like, he calls me and tells me, like, bro, you really let this man pull out the stack and count it for you? Like, I mean, he didn't count it for him, but you really let him open that pack up and like give you a stack. Like the one he knew was probably yeah, like, it. You let him give you the right corner stack. You didn't go through anything else. He's like, bro, he was moving so fast. He was nervous. It was just seemed shady. He was opening up the packs. It started smelling the room. I just want to get out of there with all that bread. And I was worried about getting robbed when I left. I'm like, but you were worried about getting robbed when you left, but you got robbed right there. He's calling the dues phones for dues phones out of service. And how, shit. how much? How much money are we talking? I don't even remember at the time. It was like probably like 16 years ago or something like that. But I just know my boy got fucked big time and it fell on him. I'm like, bro, you were there to handle it. You were there to count the bread. I told you what to do. You didn't do it. So that's on you, You got to eat that fucking hell. Yeah. And he never paid me back for it. But yeah, that was a random one. So and for all them bad boys out there, if someone comes with a neatly stack of hundreds all flattened out perfect in a vacuum seal, go through it. Yeah, you should never just take the vacuum seal of money. Just open it up. Make sure it's there. It's actually I money. I mean, you're already in the counterfeit. You're already sake. somewhere doing a deal. It's I mean, you're already invested in this situation. Count it out. So, you know, that's just a good old story that happened. Someone pulled a slick one on my little homie, and my little homie was supposed to pay me back, but he did not. The crazy shit is, like, right now in downtown L.A., it's 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 the wild wild west like if you're downtown and you live in a high rise i guarantee you there is a trapper on your floor and if you see guys moving around with tons of luggage all the time they're not traveling <laughs> downtown la is wild right now yeah, rappers stop shouting out these these trap guys man let them like let them build an organic following that shit is crazy fucking snitching dude dog it's like yeah it's it's crazy man um well look man obviously uh People can go. I mean, you got. Yeah, when's the New Mexico opening? Albuquerque. Uh, November third. So November third, that's coming. New music coming. Collab project with Be Real on the way. Mozzie, uh, OGZ, Larry June. Cookies clothing is going crazier than ever. Yeah. I feel like you guys probably. I mean, keep, keeping Zoomies alive at this point. <laughs> Zoomies has been a great party they for fucking, us. Man, you guys are fucking front and center. Yeah, yeah they, they've been a great party. We got two uh, shoes coming out next year with somebody. I'm not going to say who. Tennis shoes? Yeah. Like sneakers? Are yeah. they fly? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. okay. I keep coming with that. You know, I keep coming with it, man. You know? There's a cookie sneaker coming. Yeah, they try to write me out, man. It's not happening. Cookies. I love the slides. Yeah, slides are good, but I'm talking about like a partnership with a bigger company. Like a, a collab sneaker. A collab sneaker? Yeah, yeah, It's not just us putting out. No, it's a collab with a b- pretty big brand. Mm. 
Re- relevant brand. Has it, why'd you guys stop doing denim, or is, is it, are you guys not doing as much? Because you're a big jean guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just just tough. Focus it's on a what tough you do business. Best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Focus on what works, man. Well, look, uh, Cookie Shoes on the way. So much going on. Um, oh, real quick. Uh, I know you're a big Maui guy. Mm-hmm. I had to be tough to see what happened in Maui. Cause Terrible. That's when I go to Maui. I stay like that's where I'm at. I'm always in in Lahaina eating food and you know I go to that big ass tree and eat dole <laughs> like it's yeah, so it's sad a, it's a terrible situation shout out to everyone on the ground putting in that work out there in Maui a lot of people are making sure that they're taken care of I know that's um, kind of like your like dream like if I retire <coughs> like, you always talk about like going to Maui yeah I mean I definitely want to be in, in Maui or Kauai but like yeah shout out to everyone in Maui I've, I've checked in I've helped out you know I'm not going I'm not one of those guys that publicly just posts what I do for things, but, you know, I've helped out in the ways I can, and I know that there's good people on the ground making sure people are good out there. For sure, man. Well, there it is. Big burn. I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Boom! Hey, what up, man? Uh, You just watched another episode of the Blue Lake Head Podcast brought to you by Hardeen, baby. Shout out to the family at Hardeen. Don't forget, make sure if you're in Las Vegas, you get into that taxi. As soon as you land, you get into that Uber, say, take me to Hardeen, all right? They're going to take, get you taken care of. The most craziest premium selection of cannabis you'll ever find under one roof. It's a vibe in there. The butt tenders, they're going to take care of you. Man, listen, tell them I sent you. They're going to get you right. Shout out to the family at Hardeen in Las Vegas, the number one dispensary in the world, all right? And we are so proud to be partners with them. So shout out to Hardeen. Go follow them online, Hardeen underscore Las Vegas, and check out their website, HardeenLasVegas.com. Get you some swag. You know, you can't buy this, but you know, yeah, shout out to Hardeen. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.